We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Awards! Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two passes for that. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Take with Willie Mason. I am here with the man himself, yeah, Willie what's Mason. what's going on? Mate, I'm cold. It's, it's been freezing the last couple of nights, man. Being it's in the, been fre- I had a beanie on before I walked in here, but it's hot down here. The basement bar is not good for circulation. Cement. Uh, and so, interestingly, this week, your surrogate father, yeah. Wayne Bennett, mm-hmm. He's had a little spray at the journos today. Is that Wayne Bennett being Wayne Bennett? Or there seemed to be a bit of genuine feeling when he was talking about getting sacked from the Broncos. How much of that was show and how much of that was Wayne being genuine? I think most of the time he's genuine. Uh, I think he he plays a lot of games with the media because I don't think he really respects them that much. You can see uh, with the Latrell Mitchell thing, you know, how he handled that. That's why I love Wayne. I love him. That's why players love Wayne Bennett because he sticks up for his players. And I've seen that. I messaged Wayne. I said, mate, that's why, play, that's why players love you and love playing for you, mate. You know, like because you do things like that. And he does, like whatever, whatever he says to the media and coaching and stuff like that, like he's, he's just playing, he's playing off a lot of the times, like, but he's got a, like an under, underbelly of the truth, you know what I mean? But he doesn't care about the media because he doesn't respect what they say or what they print. You know what I mean? Like he plays, because when he, obviously, I've, I've done press conferences with him. And he has literally like tapped me under the, the table. He's got this straight poker face. I don't keep a fucking poker face. I'm near laughing because he's he's this guy who's just like an absolute. He's just a he's hilarious. I, I think he's hilarious, and people that know him think he's hilarious. And he and he's just like one of those guys. That's why that's why players love him. But he'd be tapping me underneath the, the table when they'd be asking him. They'd be asking him a question, and he would tap me, and he'd be like, "No." Like straight face, and I would laugh because I know that he was doing that because he just plays games with him, and he, that's why people don't—they never really knew what sort of bloke he was when well, he was. It is funny too, Will, because you look at it from from an outsider's perspective, and you look at Wayne Bennett, and you think you can sense that he's playing with the media. He does, mate. He does. Like he does play with the media, but then you look at it and you think there's been obviously some sackings, which we'll go into. Um, so what they say? Did they say something like, "Oh, you're going to be sacked too, Wayne"? No, they they basically he gets linked with every single job. So like, you're going to coach the Warriors, you're going to coach the Dogs, you're going back to St George. The bloke's got a like he's got a contract with South. There's a succession plan in place yeah. for Jason Demetrio to take over the Rabbitohs in 12 months' time or, or 18 months' mm. time. But he's getting linked to all these other yeah. clubs. It would drive me mad. If yeah. It's like why are we even talking about it? And I feel like. He doesn't. He feels ex- like exactly how you're feeling. Yeah. That's what he gives to the media. I think, that and he doesn't. Was. And they try and like try and bait him and everything like, and try and put all these real smart little, you know, uh, ten layered questions in there. He'll give you like a single answer, mm. or you know, or a couple of words, and he doesn't really care about. It. That's what the media need to really understand. Like, he doesn't care about what you say. He doesn't read papers. He doesn't know what's really going on. All he cares about is South playing against the team they're playing against this week. Against Penrith. That's all he's caring about. Yeah. And that's all he cares. He cares about the players. He cares about the club. And that's it. And I think they should know that by now. They should know this guy. But obviously, it's their job. They're at they're at the press conference. They've got to ask these questions. And it's sort of like that sort of clickbait if he says this and that. And that's why it's in the press. Isn't it, it is if it, Whatever is he funny. says, whatever he says... After that, after what whatever they ask, that's the next. That's the next headline. And that's and that's how these mainstream 
idiot's work. But it's funny too because he just says, you blokes get out of bed and you think about a story and then you print the story yes. and then the story becomes fact and then mm. you ask me about the story yes. and it's not a story. The headline's already there. Yeah. they just got to get it's- his little comment of what he said and that's how the paper works. And a lot of hopefully most of the people now understand how the media works. You know, they've already got this agenda and they have all these they have all they have all the fine print and everything already written down. They just need the headline. And they need Wayne Bennett saying something. Or they need anybody who's in their media at the same at, at whoever is the main story or whatever the editor's gone, all right, go get a story on Wayne Bennett. Ask him this question. Then these little little cronies go in there and ask these stupid questions, and it's already and then it's back page and front page. So I just want to that's how media works, people. So and whatever Wayne says, it's going to be frontline front line papers the next day or whatever, back page, all this sort of shit, headline news. Wayne doesn't care. All, all he cares about is what he's doing with South Sydney this year to try and win him a premiership, full stop, doesn't know what he's doing next year. Obviously, what, No, and, he's and with South next year. Well, what if South or whatever, I mean, yeah. the succession, succession year plan after, after yeah. it. Like he's going to be like he'll he'll deal with that. He'll never put pressure on the club or anything like. That. He's already told Dimitri that he's gonna he's going to be coaching. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So like he's so already it's done a succession that. Plan. And maybe Wayne will just float away into into the country like he loves and just feeds his cows and horses and just lives his life. Yeah. You know because he has done so much good for the game and the coaching and the, the mentoring and what sort of position he holds in the game is so high. You know, like I think, you know, he he's earned every right to not say anything and just float into the sunset and just relax. And he's getting a little yeah. bit older, but if Wayne Bennett wants to coach, he'll get a job. He'll get a job, hundred percent. No, especially with all these coaches out here now, they're not that good. It's it it's is, a very fickle game. It is a fickle game, as we and, know. And speaking of fickle games, one of the jobs that he's been linked with is the New Zealand Warriors, and the New wow. Zealand Warriors. I find this really strange. Oh, it's, it's like for the Warriors. It's but it is. It's like what? How? Why would you kick them when they're down? Like yeah. they love. They obviously love him. Whether he can coach or not, that's not the point. The mm. point is they've been forced to go to another country, away from their homeland. They've been forced to relocate away from their families. They're getting reasonable results. I mean, they beat St George. What are they, they two and they, two, aren't they? Yeah, five hundred. So, and then they sacked the coach. I mean, and then I just – there's no coaches that I can see that are available. So they put the assistant coach in charge, Todd Payton. I'm sure he's going to do a great job, you know, at some point. But you could tell when he got interviewed, he was a bit shocked with the whole thing too. He's a good guy, Todd Payton. I I wish him all the best. We're going back to the the sacking of Steve Kearney. The timing is awful. And at at this time, the NRL – and the NRL and the players and all the fans are going, Warriors are my second favourite team. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. Like we want the Warriors to succeed because they're leaving their families and made such a sacrifice because the NRL would not be playing right now if the Warriors went, nah, man, we're good. So everybody's like, everyone's on the bandwagon for them. If they win games, good on the Warriors, you know, all this sort of shit. And now it hurts. It hurts people. They're like, why would you do that? Now they start turning on the, on the CEO and all that kind of stuff, the most of fans. It's like, we, you didn't expect it. Because if you look at the record, they're at two and two. There's some other coaches out there. That have got a way better roster, Seabold, Green, uh, John Morris. They're, what are they, three from four? Or maybe, like, I mean, none from four well, or Cowboys lost three stink. games? It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. So, like, that's where if you're getting beat by 50 like the Broncos and getting absolutely skittled through the park every single week, you haven't scored a, you haven't scored a, uh, a try in the second half all year since the comp started, that warrants sacking. Do you know what I mean? Like, that warrants a sacking, doesn't it? Not... Two and two. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that. And, and even like with, with other clubs, obviously players, coaches have different relationships with people. 
And I, I just, I just, I thought it was the worst timing in the world because I was like, "Wow, Steve Kearney of all coaches." Well, tell of me, all Will, coaches. this is, and I don't like. I've obviously never played at the, at the top level, but there's there's a head coach, and mm. now all of a sudden there's 450 coaches, there's defence coaches, and there's yeah. assistant coaches. If you sack a coach and you put the assistant coach in charge, were you ever at a club where the assistant coach was like, "Oh, yeah, the coach is doing it this way," but? I've got all these plans. They're going to be heaps different. Is, I mean, is, does that happen? It happens. Like- it happened in my later part of my career. But in the in, when I first started, it was just a head coach. Yeah. And then I think about in the mid-2000s, they brought Kevin Moore on. He was just the assistant coach. Now you've got assistant coach, uh, defense coach, backs coach. You know, it could be like uh, your halves coaches. There's, there's a fair few people around. Because um, essentially, and a few, what, of, a few of a few of them try. They try and undermine the coach. I've, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it done before. And they, you know, you be you be learning something in in de- defense or attack, and then you that's from your that's from your assistant coach or whatever. And you go back into the into the head coach, and he's like, "What have you been fucking doing?" You know what I mean? Like, and you, yeah. you're sort of on different pages, and it's and you can sort of see the the wide ending from some coaches, and they end up being in at at, at the main job, and they fucking fail. Because they want that, they want it, they want all the agile, they want all the credit, and then when they get there, they choke. And I've seen a couple of coaches do that. And, and some of the best assistant coaches never make good first grade coaches. Yeah, you need to stick and stay in your lane. And, but your ego gets ahead, gets the better of you, and they want that main job. Because it you know is what I mean? funny, and, and it, happen, it happens a lot. In surely, as an assistant coach, if you have if you have an issue with the way the coaches, I guess what I'm getting at is. If you're a head coach and you, if you're the club and you sack the head coach and then you put the assistant coach in charge, what do you think's going to change? Like, yeah. and there would have to be a real differential of opinion between the coach and the assistant coach mm. for sacking the coach to have any relevance. Yeah, I think this is. Sometimes I've been, I haven't been in a situation like this, but I know that next year that that assistant coach took over as a first grade coach and it was really, really unsuccessful. I think they got a wooden spoon or something like that. I've been, I've been in a few positions like that, and I was just like, "Wow, this is this is weird," because I could sort of see it happening. And this is obviously in the in the back end of my career. As I said, I've focused for a long time, and, and Freddie, and then I was off my little hiatus in the south of France, and then I come back. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I sort of seen it then because you had so many coaches, and I never had so many fucking coaches. Like, why is there so many coaches trying to teach the same sort of shit? Because mm. like, all they are. They should be teaching whatever the head coach is teaching. But sometimes they were teaching some other things. Oh, you should be doing this, this, and this. You go back to the head coach, you're like, what are you fucking doing, Will? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I was like, what, what? and then you don't really want to throw the assistant coach under the belt, under the bus, but it happens, man. And, I've, and you talk, I mean, other people, other players have been in this position and they've seen that happen a lot. I don't want to like name coaches or anything like that, throw them under the bus, but they've never been successful head coaches. I've never, ever seen it. Well, let me tell you, it's the take with Willie Mason, and I'm your assistant coach. Yeah, you'd undermine me and try and get the head job. Actively white So, I, I, Todd Payton, I love Todd Payton. I think he's going to do. I think you do an outstanding job. And there's there's some sort of freakish uh, percentage where, when this happens, it's like I think ninety percent of the time. I don't fact check, so who cares? That's um, good. That's why I'm going to white Yeah. So ninety percent of the time, that that next team will win that next game. Mm. So it's it's really weird because they sort of seem to bounce back. They have some sort of resilience. But I mean, I was speaking to big um, big ogre Marco Mealy. Um, he's he's a biosecurity for the New Zealand Warriors, so he's on the Central Coast. So big ogre does some really good things, and he said it was one of the most emotional things he's ever seen. They did the haka, which is the most respectful thing they can do for a person uh, in New Zealand, 
and they and when he was going when he was leaving, everyone was fucking in tears. It wasn't it was was it was it was great for the respect that they had for for Mook, Steve Kearney, but it was it was very emotional. And I and, and sometimes emotion can play can go both ways in teams. You've got to have some really good leadership in that club. And you know, Adam Blair's responsible, two of us, a Sheck is responsible for that, try and galvanise these young kids. Because they had a big, big year ahead, man. Only four games, we've got 16 to go. It's a long, it's a long journey for them. And I hope, hope to God that Todd Payton can bring these, bring these kids together because they are kids, man. A lot of these, a lot of these uh, New Zealand Warrior boys, they're all kids, they're Polynesian brothers as well. There's a lot of kids out there that are away from their families and it's it's a hard time for these guys. That's why it's so hard because they know the sacrifice Mooks has done. The last three years, he's been living in Brisbane, not even New Zealand. Do you know what I mean? And then like through this whole like the lockout stuff in New Zealand where he was like, he had to make that sacrifice and stay there instead of seeing his kids and family. That's why everyone knew. And that's why the, the Warriors have, I mean, the players are so emotional about it because it's not the right thing. There's been reports this week that St. George Illawarra player Jack DeBellin has been acquitted of charges that were laid against him uh, at the end of 2018 or the start of 2019, which has meant that he has spent essentially the last 18 months out of the game. He spent that time out of the game because of the NRL's policy, which is a no-fault stand-down policy, whereby if you are considered to have done the wrong thing, then you're stood down from the game. Jack DeBellin's, if my information is correct and I have information um, from someone pretty close to this whole thing, that DeBellin will be acquitted. Um, What that means now is that essentially he has spent 18 months in the wilderness. He's been able to train with the club. Well, how does this new policy that the NRL have had, how does that now look under the prism of the fact that DeBellin potentially has been falsely accused. Yeah. Um, it's it's a hard one. It's a hard thing to talk about with, with the DeBellin thing. I, I honestly feel sorry for him and what's been happening. And I feel sorry for the, for the girl. I feel sorry for everyone who's involved with everything, what's been happening in the last 18 months. But for him to be acquitted means that he's not guilty. Is that right? Correct. Well, it means it means there's not enough evidence for um, for the charge to be pursued. So they're not necessarily making the hard thing with all of these allegations is that there's a lot of technicalities in it, a lot of yep. legal technicalities. Now, I, I certainly don't want to throw any um, doubt on the allegations that were made because the girl, obviously, who made the allegations felt uh, a certain way. But the issue is more around what does the NRL do in a situation like this or in, in a situation with Josh Reynolds where there are allegations of assault made, um, which turned out as it you know as yeah. it was it turned out to be incorrect. Is this no fault stand down policy a good it's one a, a bad one? I mean it's hard because you bring like I think I know where the rugby, I know where the NRL is coming from. If you bring the game, I think they should change the name. I mean, like I think the AFL. If you bring the game into disrepute, if you if you do something that's against the the, the badge or the, you know, like the shield or anything like that, I think they have the right to overrule, and they should have the right to overrule clubs who want to try and hide stuff and and do it themselves. I think the NRL should have that power, and I think they should rule the game like um, like Roger Goodell does in the NFL. 
come over and, and, and tell them that's it, you're getting stood down, there's, there's, there's a punishment for this, this and this, and, but they need to be consistent with it. That's what, I'm, that's, that's what I'm about. Like with Josh Reynolds, why, did, why didn't he get stood down? Well, I think with Josh Reynolds it came out. Or with a couple in, other cases. Yeah, there's, there's, been, been, been another, there's been a lot of cases where there's so much grey area in, in, in grey area in this shit that people are just going, what, what's going on? What's the stand down rule? What is this? So they're being, they need to be consistent with it. So that's, that's what I'm about. This is, this is a real sort of touchy subject because of the allegations. But, you know, look what's happened now. You've, his whole life and football career has been thrown away or nearly ruined like in the last 18 months. Yeah. Like what, what, is, what is the other alternative I think- for him to keep – Playing and keep training. Well, the and issue, then, and then, and then, so, so this is the alternative is for him to keep playing and then training, and then, so all these uh, legal formalities are going ahead, and then you get found guilty. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. can you imagine that? That's yep. what you got to understand. The other, the other, the other page is like shit. Like, oh, now, now he's acquitted. Okay, well, what about the other? What about the other side? This this girl's going through a hell of a lot of things as well. So is Jack. So is everyone. Like, there's two sides of the story all the time. So, like, okay, well, it's it's found out that Jack's been acquitted now. So that now everyone's like, fuck, what's the stand down rule about? Like, this mm. is bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's where that's why a lot of the, the teammates will be feeling, the family will be feeling, all the friends and everybody who knows Jack. Like, this is bullshit. But then, you know, the evidence could have been easily against. You know, to the other side. That's right. With yeah. the, with all these sort of with all these things, you know. So I, I understand from both ways, both sides of the story, but the NRL just need to be consistent with this stuff because you, because now we can go. You, you you've ruined this guy's life. You now we're going to say you, you've ruined Jack DeBellin's life. You ruined his career. He can't come back. Like, but they were serious. Regardless, charges. if he, yeah, they, they were, were serious, they were charges. very serious yeah. charges. That people need to understand that this 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 woman has alleged she's alleged. Get uh, a rape, rape victim, and all this kind of stuff. It's there's some serious shit going on there. So, game the game took all those their, their due diligence and did the right thing by the game. I think because, as I said, like imagine if you got found guilty right now and goes to jail. Yeah, that yeah. is an absolute catastrophe yeah. for the game. So, with the stand down rule, I think it should. I think it should be still in the game, but just I don't know. They just mean a little. I mean. Little things I just say with with Josh Reynolds and all these other other players, I don't think they should be able to stand down because the accusations against Josh Reynolds was a load of shit. Yeah, that was just an example. But even some other players that have been involved in some, you know, in some things, I don't think they deserve to be stand down to stood deserve to be stood down. So I think the whole thing is very very sad from a number of perspectives, and I think that you know if. Rugby league players can learn anything from this. It's to not put yourself in the situation where you can, for you know, you could even be involved in a situation that can bring yourself, your family, you know, the game, any of those things. It's just it is a really tragic situation, and I hope that it's um I hope that whatever happens at the end of the week when 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 the final things come out, I just hope everyone that's involved is okay. Yeah, same. This weekend sees the Gold Coast Titans play against the Brisbane Broncos, mm. Will. That game stinks. Yeah, it does. I mean, Why <laughs> would anyone want 
another Queensland team. I'll tell you who else stinks, Cowboys. That's three stinking <laughs> Queensland teams. And you know what? The Queenslands will be hating that because there's always one team in the top eight. There's always someone in the semifinals. There's always someone that's a really successful team in Queensland. So, um, yeah, the Titans and Broncos and the expansion, all that kind of stuff. Do they need like, a fourth do, team do, up there? Do we need another Do we, Where else can we put it? Solomon Islands. Papua New Guinea, I reckon. Papua New Guinea would be Come good. on, man. That's oh, yeah. like, if you've got a country that is so – Embedded with rugby league, and it's their number one. It's their number one sport. You know what I mean? Like they love it. The Cornwall shirts of Papua New Guinea. I love you guys. So um, I think it should be there. And I said it before, and I said it a couple of years ago. They should be. They should be based in in South Brisbane, but you play you play eight games in Papua in, in Papua New Guinea and eight games in. Um, I'm not, no, no, four games in Papua New Guinea. That would be that you're. Um, your ho- four home games, yeah, four in home games, yeah. and then all the rest. Like obviously, you have your away games, and then four down in in, in Brisbane somewhere. Yeah. So you always take you take four games back there. I just think the game and the love the love that they have for the game. I think they deserve it. We were up in Papua New Guinea a couple of years ago to go to a, a sportsman's lunch, and I've never seen a country that is so obsessed with rugby and league. And it's not like they're they're short of of, of money or anything there's like that. There's plenty of mining there's over plenty, there. There's, there's plenty, plenty of, of money. coin in that yeah. in that place, and um. I just think we, why 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 wouldn't we take it up there? I just think we should grow the game. If it's kind of, I mean, we're in New Zealand, we're in Australia. We're not a national game. We're not in Perth. We're not in Adelaide. We were not Adelaide in Darwin. Rams, Do you know what I mean? Like we were. It's the South. What is it? The Eastern Eastern East Seaboard <laughs> Eastern Rugby League squad. Yeah. whatever. Um, I just think I don't know. But they're never going to do that because they just don't like it. Well, there's been a lot of talk around whether or not there's enough talent. I, I just think that's a shit argument because. If you can build a club around a certain number of players, look at Melbourne. Melbourne take three or four superstars mm. and then they build workman-like players around it to do a job. Why can't you do that? Some of the players that have come out of these like comments, it's like just because you've retired and you're, you were a superstar doesn't mean we can't breed other superstars. Get over your fucking self. Do you know what I mean? Like we, Give the game some time to grow superstars. Bradman Best, Caelan Pong is coming up. You know, these guys are genuine superstars that are going to take your spot. That's what happens. The evolution of, of rugby league. You know, we, you know, oh, what's going to happen when Bradley Clyde retires and Brad Fittler and fucking Jason Taumalolo and JT and, all, and, and Cooper Cronk and Cameron yeah. Smith and what's going to happen when they retire? You know, Cam- Damian Cook, they, you get taken over. Swallow your, e- swallow your ego and get over it, man. The game's going to continue without you. They don't care. Like, there's lack of talent. I get it. Like I, I, can see, I can see what you're saying right now because we've had a heap of superstars retire in the last two to three years. You know, you JTs, you Billy Slaters. You know, like GI and all, you know, all these guys are going to lose Cameron Smith. But the game will go. The game is bigger than every single player. So it's, just like don't try and say we, can't, we don't have enough talent. We've got so much fucking talent playing in this game. It's ridiculous. When McNeil retired, I thought we'll I don't never, think there was ever going to be another McNeil. We'll never, and ever look see what another happened. McNeil. And there's been a couple. I mean, not as good. I can't even mention it. I think Brad Fittler came along, took McNeil's place. I just, I just think you know some of these players that are coming out. I, say, I, I get it. You know, it's like, oh, they're not, they're not as good. They're not as top. All oh, this. And come on, man, give them a chance. Just give these kids a chance. Give it five years, they won't even remember you. Queensland, Papua New Guinea. I just think twenty twenty two. They won't go to New Guinea, but I mean, what? What in South South? What South Queensland? Or South? Bring the South Queensland Crushers back. Titans are going. Hunter well. Mariners, I reckon. Bring the Hunter Mariners back. 
You could be their ambassador. 100%. Anyone who's listened to the show up until now will know that there is only one greatest rugby league player of all time. Yeah. Who is it? Mick Neal. Megzy Neal. So we've, we've talked about it in the past. The Mick Neal Lemon of the Week is someone who has not lived up to the lofty standards that Mick Neal has provided for not just rugby league but for humanity mm. as, you know, he's one of the greats. And who is, is – it's it's Novak Djokovic, isn't it? What about him? What is he doing, mate? Him and his missus, they can both get it. It's funny too because Nick Kyrgios, who I actually – I quite love I love Nick, Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios. And he's come out and he has – Sunk the boot into Novak Djokovic straight away. He's like, anything that I do from now on, have a look at this imbecile, basically. And do you know what? Good on you, Nick Kyrgios. good. (laughs) He's always been on the end of some dumb shit. I mean, Aussies are like that. We have that mentality. But he's a gun, Kyrgios. And he says what he wants. And people don't like that. And Novak, you know, it's funny too because every time- He got a heap of other people infected as well. Yeah, he's good. So, you, but the thing is as Shit well, you bloke. watch him in the Australian Open and you go, it doesn't matter who he's playing in the final. He's, he's won 50 million Australian Opens mm. and every single time he plays against someone, blokes I've never heard of, everyone's going for the other person. doesn't matter yeah. if it's Federer, Andy Murray. Everyone hates Andy Murray. They're going for him against Djokovic. He rubs people the wrong way. He is certainly- He's a gun player. He's obviously rubbed people a hell of a long, the wrong way now. So He's no McNeil. You are McNeil of the week. Lemon of the week. Congratulations. Well done, Novak. I've decided that gambling is harder than I thought it actually was, <laughs> William, after last weekend. Sucks. We two weeks in a row now. Let's just focus on last week. Okay. Let's not let's mm. not think about how bad we've gone in the last two weeks because this week is going to be different. Yeah, I think so. I think I've got a good I've got a good one. I reckon I'll get up. Are you going to back against the Roosters? <laughs> never, never again. Please <laughs> never don't do that again. again. Never. Let's ring Jared, who will be ecstatic to hear from us. Did he get a win? Well, no, because a stupid producer. Oh, he threw tips. that in. He posted yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, if the hey guys, producer- how are you, Jared? How are you, mate? Very well, Ian. How are you guys? What's going mate, on? I'm terrific, and I'll tell hey. you. Uh, this is a very exciting day for me, Jared. Would you like to know why? I'd love to know why. Because if the producer's tip bombs this week, he's out. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. What a bit of hat trick. He's gone and you're in. You're going to be our uh, our secret weapon. Nice, nice. Well, that's yeah, a deal. That's, okay, a fair, well. that's, a fair, that's a fair deal, man. I can't believe you yeah. backed, you backed uh, the producer's tip and you got dusted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It was a uh, it was a pretty grim scene last week. It didn't even look like winning last week, actually. But to be fair to the producer, I also found that one in the market. So uh, I don't think I would have done even any better, even if I hadn't followed him in. Yeah. Can, can I just explain how well I went? So not only did my rugby league tip get knocked off, my horse got scratched, and <laughs> I then didn't know that. yeah. So I think. Uh, I, we've been wearing a lot of shit on social media about yeah. the level of our tipping. They're quick to, they're quick to pounce, aren't they? Some prick was just going, oh, yeah, why don't you give us a couple more tips? Like, Fuck off, mate. Come yeah. on. Yeah. We're trying. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. We're trying to give you some bump yeah. steers, mate. Jesus. I mean, to be fair, the 1800 bucks that we've won didn't come out of bloody nowhere, did it? So exactly. Thank you, Jared. Stage. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. want to say to that guy, unless obviously he's, he follows the show, so he, so he should know. 
And he's a genius yeah. for yeah. following our yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big win. So, Jared, I'm I'm going to go first again All this right. week because I'm very important. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to drop down from a four leg multi to a three leg multi. Mm. Yep. I thought I'd be going up, but I'm not. I'm going down. So, what I would like, I would like the Roosters to cover the line. Yep. The Storm to cover the line. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little horse that, as you know, I quite like up in Brisbane oh. called Lashes. I do. I thought it was Citrus yes. again. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone off the yeah. Frenchies. Yeah. Now, Lashes, I think it's due. And I think yeah. that uh, that little that little combo is three legs of gold, Jared. Yeah. Look, I tend to agree with you, Ian. This horse lashes. She's well, she's very good, isn't she? I mean, she finished second behind a horse called Adalong first up. That horse is absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, she didn't have a lot of luck when she stepped down at Randwick a couple of weeks ago. To be fair, she's probably just a little bit flat there as well. Some horses tend to do that though, second up. I think fitter third up, going up to Brisbane, which with all due respect to Brisbane racing, is probably a drop in class from Sydney on a Saturday. Definitely I think is. She's got- Everything, yeah, everything well, in Queensland is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. <laughs> I love you, Queensland. It's all good. I'm more than I'm, I live up here in Queensland, Will, but I'm more than that on board with you there as well as born <laughs> on the city coast. So uh, we're all boys. Anyway, um, look, I think everything suggests this horse is going to take a power beating here. She's adding three dollars sixty to this multi. Um, look, otherwise, Ian, you're picking a really good week to uh, to take lines here because Neds is actually offering two dollars on lines on every NRL game this week. So what? it's going to be. Yeah, I know. It's going to be $4 straight off for the Roosters 16.5 and the Storm 15.5. Actually, let's go back to that Roosters 16.5 for a second. The Roosters beat the Eels by 14 points last yeah. week, and they're playing the Dragons this week. I know. I was Two. close. I reckon I was close last week, I swear. I, I thought it was going to be – I thought Para had – it was one of those games. It was like a, it was a it was a tilt in the game, and like obviously the Roosters come through with some premiership winning like ridiculous tries. But like yeah. Power, Power were in that game for 65, 70 minutes. So I think, that, as I said, like they'll come out to try and prove a point, but obviously they've got some room to do, room for work. And Flano nearly scored a try. I swear, I was so excited. I was watching. I was like, <laughs> come on. I was just like, oh. And then I was thinking, maybe at the end, what if Flanagan scores the winning try and then the, and then the, and then the Roosters win? I was like, I'm done. What a stupid bet. Yeah. Well, do you know what, Jared? I've, I've, as you know, I've got, I've got a 10-year-old son, and I, I help him with his maths homework during isolation. And I'd just like to run through a little bit of maths for you. Yeah. Will, Will chose Parramatta 1 to 12. Yeah. And the Roosters won by 14. So yeah. to me, that's a differential in William's bet of between 11 and 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing in numbers the, around, and I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... My so, bet? There we go. Right. Will's bet. I've actually yeah. thought okay. about this today. I put a little bit of work into it. And I think um, I think the Parramatta Eels will be absolutely tired from that game against the Roosters. And so yeah. it's got a week to recover, but it's not it's not that long. So I'm going to go Canberra because I think they're due for a really good win to try and get their yeah. season back on track. So just yeah. this um, Canberra just just for the win. Yep. And into Cronulla for the win as well against Manly because I think Tom Trebojevic is a massive key to that team. And Dylan yeah. Walker's been playing some good football, and they've got some other uh, major injuries to some other key players. Um, and then I'm going to go 13-plus for the Broncos to win against the Titans into Siwa Takayaho to score a try, anytime try scorer. Wow. Okay, sorry. Who, wow. Who's anytime try scorer there? 
Uh, Siwa uh, Takayaho from the Roosters. He's been close and he's been hitting some really good holes near the line, especially against the Parramatta Heels as one is one of the best defensive teams in the comp. St. George aren't. And Hargraves and Trendy's playing some outstanding football at the moment. And there's so much diversion going to towards Kiri and Tedesco that there's a lot of holes around the ruck. When they get down into that red zone, the big one of those big boys, I was seeing tipping between Hargraves or uh Siwa. And yeah. I think I think he's the one who's who's going to be scoring a try. I mean, it's it's, it's wow. a fair bet because he's playing some really good football, and the Roosters have got so many options. Can it's we, just a matter about friend. I've got to talk to Friendy. Can, <laughs> can, can we just 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 humour me, Jared, and just yeah. take that shit house last bet out of that multi? <laughs> yeah. And just bet? tell me and just tell me what that price would be for the first three, and then because the, Takiaho would be what seven hundred and sixty dollars. Nah, is he he's any? 650, 650 any time. Oh. 650 any time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Taking, okay. Taking that one out, we're looking at $9 for the multi for the first three. Yeah. Pop, popping it in, it's $47. Oh, yes. That's where I live. I live right there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <Wowie. laughs> hey, All for the kids, mate. Just for the kids. For the kids. This if is, I get yeah, this, they, then I don't have to put one more bet on for the rest of the yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I, I yeah. completely and then you, agree yeah, with that. Exactly. And you need to be <laughs> loving us, all right? Yeah. We're sort of getting to a point. I mean, even though this is the take with Willie Mason, we're sort of getting to a point where if this doesn't come off, you shouldn't be putting another yeah, bet on it. Yeah, 100 Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll ride the wave. I'll just, I'll just keep guessing. Oh, these are, these yeah. are just little things in my head I think that it is possible. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah he's it's been good. good. He's a great player, see why, man. He's been killing it. He's a prop, and they're playing against the Dragons, who aren't that very yeah. well. They're not that good around the ruck. Trust me. And they played yeah. against a Parramatta team that was very highly skilled around the ruck, and they're playing against St George, who who are very they're not they're not the best team around the ruck. And all right, Jared. So let's let's go quickly to the low point of the show, which is the producer's last tip in history, because yeah. he's so let's just let's run through that really quickly and then move on. Okay, look, Rooster, he's going back to the races, Rose Hill Race 5, number 5, Row here. And look, hasn't been seen at the races since March, but this horse absolutely flies fresh. He's three from three at this point of his campaign before. Goes really well on a wet track. I think a couple of his key rivals in this race might go to the Civic Stakes, which is a feature race at Rose Hill instead. It's only a small fail. He's got James McDonald on board. I actually tipped in this afternoon myself. We're taking $5 Ooh. at the moment, so 50 bucks on that. That could be a nice little fill-up. And uh, it's been a while since we've had one, so fingers it's crossed. Tr- it's true. And if wheels get up, <laughs> then the local club can go to bugger him. We're uh, all going to Vegas, Jared, and you're coming. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, local, man. yeah, I was going to say the local club could probably buy the next NRL uh, uh, sort of entry if they if that <laughs> they can be the bombers. That'll be the next one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, pal. Well, thank you once again. You've been, as we say every week, you've been a massive support to us, and Ned's has been a fantastic yeah. partner Thanks, of guys. ours, and uh, we're not really costing you too much money at the moment because you can't win. <laughs> yeah. but, we just uh, need one good one. Takiaho. Yeah. Anytime. Come on, man. Bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Have a good oh, week, wow. pal. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, a thrill to be part of it and uh, have a good weekend. We'll speak to you again next thanks, week. Mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Uh, I don't really want to say too much, Will, but gambling responsibly, backing Takiaho. <laughs> Am I actually gambling responsibly? That's not gambling responsibly. No. That is not. Yeah, I think we should take a little bit of a risk. I knew it was like $9. I didn't know it was going to blow up to 40 dollars <laughs> Hey, come uh, on, Tucker. I bet everybody who's watching, who's listening to this will be like, come on, man. Come on.
This weekend's round of football sees some great games and it sees some games that I would probably rather gouge my eyes out than watch. Sorry, I'll just bite in a little bit. Do you think there's such a difference between the top eight and bottom eight now? It's just ridiculous. It's only been four games. I think everybody that I've been talking to now that knows knows a little bit about rugby league, they're like, fuck me, the top eight's pretty much set. You can never say that about a competition after four rounds. No, it has been. There has been. There's such a big uh, differential between, between... between clubs, they like South. I mean, South Roosters, all these top teams. I just say the Roosters, like against the Titans. Like you, I said it last week. You're never going to do it. You know, I think they just need to. They, a lot of clubs need to change the way they play. You backed against the Roosters last. I'm never going to back against the Roosters. I'm sorry. You did. Boys. I know I did because I was just hey. You I did. thought hey, Parramatta were good for 70 minutes, man. Yeah, I didn't see the game. Uh, I was at a party instead. But, uh, <laughs> I tell you, the game that I am going to watch this week, which is probably the game of the round, uh, is the first game, which is Penrith versus South. Penrith have – well, they ruined my multi last week, beating the Storm, but South is starting to find some form. Latrell Mitchell at fullback is starting to work. You know, Murray's back in the middle. Um, We said it last week. We said it last week. Yeah. And I I think – shout out to Totola and uh, Tom Burgess, um, who's a young kid on the – Patrick Margo, yeah, he goes all there's right. There's a couple of kids there that are really, um, really playing some good football. I think Jaden Sewer. Jaden Sewer, he's the guy. I said that right mm. edge. He's been really dominant, getting some real early ball and creating a lot of damage out there because Cody Walker has and Cody Walker is the number one player there. You got to really give a big shout out to him. He's been killing it. He was out for those first two games and the last two games he's been phenomenal. And then Latrell Mitchell just feeds off him. Yeah, and Latrell Mitchell's got that this that Midas touch, man. He's just got that skill level where he's just he's going to beat you physically, mentally. You know, he's he's going to get you somehow. Um, uh, you got Dane Gagai. You got some um, the big who's the big um, the big center. He's about six foot six. So oh, the, Campbell Graham. Yeah, like Paul Hoff. He's a modern day Paul Hoff, <laughs> isn't he? He's a modern day Paul Hoff. Well, he was a better favorite. Yeah, but I think what they're doing, they're playing think- some they're playing some really good football at the moment. So got some good finishes, but I'm worried about their bench. I'm really worried about their bench. They, you reckon they, they're lacking depth? Yes, they are. Because you have a look at a guy like Zane Tedavano, who's coming off the bench for the for the Penrith Panthers. He was a big signing for them. He's a massive signing, a but but because you got Tarmel and James Fisher Harris, yeah. And I thought Fisher Harris would have been playing lock, lock, and you start Big Z. And I love Big Zane because I played with him in Newcastle for a couple of years, and he's been he's an outstanding kid, you know. But I just look at the. Um, up in Carousel, I think he, I, I'm. I'm going to back Penrith. I honestly am. But like Isaiah Yo, like even Liam Martin, I think that he's he's, he's been really good. And he's he good wasn't for even them. in the starting side. And I always I always look at the bench and go like Moses Leota. He could start in some most teams and look, even Zane Tedavano. So the bench like Liam Knight's been a little bit. He started the he's been year quiet. I think he's just trying to find his role with the team. I'm not sure if he's injured or not because he came out of the blocks 100%. He, start, he had the start and nod over to Tola. And he sort of, you know, I know that he got a bit of a rocket from, from Wayne. Even though they have been winning, he gave him a rocket after the Titans game. So I want to see some more from him because I know that he can play really well. You got James Roberts back. He'll I'm be sure good. what he's going to do off the bench, but it's just I good for him. Start. Braden Burns has been good. Their centers have been good. I usually, don't reckon. I don't usually reckon I would chuck. Usually I would just throw James big the um the jet straight in, but look, you got Campbell Gray and Braden Burns holding them out, and that's what you need. You need kids that you know, are fighting that fighting for their positions every week, and that's a breed success. So I think um, Penrith would be hard to beat. What do you reckon? 
look, I, I'm going to come back to that game because I, I'm starting to think South. Penrith are a genuine – I think they're a genuine chance. They're a top four side. South, yeah. I, was, I, I wasn't worry, sold. I, I honestly worry about their bench. Yeah. I do. If you, if you, you, you wouldn't even know their bench if I didn't say it. Well, I'll tell you who's got a good bench and I'll tell you who doesn't have a good bench. The Storm has got a good bench mm. and the Warriors do not have a good bench. No, Warriors guess. struggle with depth, and it's not their fault. You know, it's it's. I think the biggest tragedy over the last fifteen years has probably been the Warriors' ability to build a squad. You know what I mean? They mm. they, they when they win, they get on rolls, and they they don't they don't build games. You know, when they they just they seem to lack the ability, and it's weird because they've got an entire country of. Freak athletes. Yeah, they Especially can't the build a squad. I expect a lot more from their Polynesian boys that usually have some real young, just animals coming off the bench, not giving a fuck, just like tearing shit up. Like when they come off the bench, I remember. Um, I think it was when uh, who's a young who's a uh, Packer Russell Packer, him and uh, who's the other fucking prop? What's his name? Jeez, I had a brain fart right now there's a lot of props will played for the tie he played for the tiger he's just retired madalena madalena geez yeah they were absolute animals about 2008 or 9 when we were at sort of senior plays they were coming off the bench or start and they were just tearing people apart they had no fear at all so i think they're sort of missing that and i'm not, I'm not sure there's just something missing in that in that club in the last sort of five or six years but they're always hard to beat but melbourne's gonna be not, melbourne will never lose two in a row they're missing a coach now too uh, the other the Anzac Day the the Anzac Day clash is in the middle of winter. The Roosters up against St George Illawarra. Now, one of our good friends, mm. the, the King of Bronny, Box Kerr, he uh, he is the maddest Roosters supporter mm. of all time. And he last week, it's interesting that it's this timing because he he came up with Dave Gleeson, the old head of the Screaming Jets. And this is the grudge match now between Box and Dave Gleeson. Really? Have you got that beanie that he gave you? I do have that beanie. I'll yeah, put you it should on wear later. it. It looks awesome. It's cold down here too. I should. Who um, wins this? And if you say St. George, we're done. Yeah, yeah. the Roosters. By exactly, I don't know, like 20? 30? Easily, like 20 30? plus. You know, we're not 30, you know, but like... <laughs> I think the Dragons have been have been good, but I, they're still a little bit disappointed. They're playing some low teams at the moment. They only just got over the top of the Titans, yeah, really. Like not and, and the Titans, if they scored a couple of tries here and there at, at some certain uh, certain times, they would have been in it. And Corey Thompson, he was he was a standout for them. In the, and he's I mean, yeah, he's I mean ten minutes, he's got HIA. He's got yeah, big HIA. But too. I think yeah, the, the Roosters are, they look unbeatable from here in. They do, they do. Honestly, I'm just, I don't think I'll back against them again. We well, did two weeks in a row. Well, I, just saw, I think I think the four games we said at the start. Give us four games and we can sort everything out. Well, I don't I think, think I'll miss from here. Well, <laughs> we've sorted out we've sorted out the nights. I will tell you what's disappointing. This is I mean not just because he's in my super coach team, but Bradman Best. There was a relax, relaxation of the laws about what you can do, and they said, "Well, we're coming out of the bubble." And Bradman what Best, who's an eighteen-year-old kid, he's yeah. gone to visit his mum. Okay. And then he's gone, hang on, I'm not allowed to. She's allowed to visit me in my home, oh, but yeah. I'm not allowed to visit her. So he goes and tells the club. Don't the club say, goes, Bradman. He keep that shit to yourself, son. He probably should have. Good kid, though. Oh, I love him. He's Superstar kid. kid. Um, 
Anyway, he's he's out this week. That sucks. I love watching him play. He's one of those kids. He's he's dynamite, man. He's a superstar. Of, he is a superstar. What do you of think future. of the Knights? I think they're a genuine top four. Top side. four team. Yep, hundred percent. What do you think about the footy at the moment? I I've gone off the Raiders a little bit. Yeah. I think um, I think if I was going to pick my top four now, it'd yeah. be the Roosters, the Storm, the Panthers, um, and the Eels. And I would look Newcastle. I think are thereabouts. I think they're the five sides. I think I was been talking to some really good. Um some old head sort of players and even some young kids about just the style of play that's what's happening now. I think I think with the game and how it's played and how it's policed, look at the amount of hits that's happening right now. Pangai Jr., fucking flawed Clemmer. That was good. He never gets hit. But I'm just saying, like, this is happening because of the one ref. They're creeping offside. These kids have got so much leg speed right now and they, they can bounce off the line quicker than ever. They're as quick as, they're as, quick as outside backs over 10 metres. Mm. That's what we used to do in the middle. And I think what's happening now, a lot of players aren't adjusting to it. And this is the product of the game being so, like, just structured in the last 10 or 10 years, I reckon, with the coaching and putting a right side back row here, left side here, right proper here, hooker has to do this, your halfback doesn't push up on this, certain plays. Now, teams that have adjusted to the rules are piling through the ruck, roosters. Mm. There's no real structure there. They just play football. And when they get down to – when they get in some good ball, then they put in their positions. But their big boys are playing some good football. They're offloading friend. Tedesco's bouncing around. Their halfback's pushing up. Kiri, everyone's pushing up. So when I talk to some guys that played in the, in the 2000s, it's the same sort of football. And at that time, the Bulldogs were successful and so were the Roosters. We, we, never had a, we never had a game plan. When I think about it now, it was like pile through the ruck until an offload and then, and then just play football. There was never really a structure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Until yeah. you get down into the red zone and then you pull a little bit wider and then see what happens. Just push into holes. Don't Never be out of the picture. That was the main key. That was the key indicator. Never be out of the picture. So whenever you, whenever the thing would freeze frame, like where were you really, where were you, Ogre, all these sort of things, you had to be with the pitch. So you're pushing up with the nine, you're pushing up with the seven and six and everything like that. So that's where the holes are. So if you're not adapting to that right now, and you're, you know, you haven't got the players of good leg speed, and you haven't got the powerful, you haven't got the really steppy fullback around the right. We had Luke Patton, who was a gun, very underrated. Brent Sherwin, Brayton Astor, and we had a hooker that used to come out like Corey Hughes and Adam Perry used to play some, used to give the ball to the forwards. Roy Asatasi, we used to pass. If I'd seen a bloke like Pangai Junior shoot at me, I'm passing the ball. Yeah, I'm not fucking getting flogged like that. No. you shoot at you shoot at a big ogre. He's passing to Brent Sherwin. He's going through. You know what I mean? You got to, and it's making these kids play football. And some kids can't play football. They've been so robotic in their fucking whole, their whole juniors that they've just gone through the grades and it's fine because you just got to do your job. You just hit the ball up here. You do this. No, no, no. Not now, son. You start playing fucking rugby league, which is your job. Ogre would have dropped the shoulder. Yeah, but he, but people don't understand. He's, he's one of the most skillful props. He would pass the ball. He'd hit Brent Shaw and he'd hit, he'd hit um, Luke Patton or another forward. You know what I mean? Like Sonny Bill would do it and all the good forwards used to do that. You had to figure out a way because guys like Adrian Morley would come out and shoot at you like that and take your head off. So you had to have your head on a swivel. So if you can't adapt to that right now, you're at the bottom end of the end of the uh, scale right now. People that can, Parramatta, Roosters, like, and I know for a fact, a little scoop, that Freddie and Joey sort of come up with those ideas with the one, one ref during COVID and somehow... Joey's with Parramatta, 
they're the second best team and Freddie obviously has connections with the Roosters. Mm. They adapted real quick. So I'm pretty sure they would have got a heads up when, when they, they probably would have known about four to six weeks before and they've adapted really well. I'll so, tell you who needed a head up. Queensland teams. Yeah, but they're not. They're not getting it. But they're no, not they're, getting well, it. Well, they're terrible. And the Broncos, you know, it's it's. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're big, I don't give a fuck if you're big like the Broncos. If you've got no skill in your forward pack, you'll get smashed. They'll they pile through the ruck. Skill. Do they not have skill? Well, they're not teaching it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's, they're not. That's what I'm saying. That most of these guys, they come plan. to the game. They come into the. They come into a club with a lot of skill, but it gets gone. Fuck, you don't need to pass. No, you don't need to do that. You offload late in a shit little offload, but they don't get taught. When, but they obviously have that skill. Now they need to rip it back out of their bag and start passing. Well, the classic, I reckon, is Payne Haas. Now, Payne Haas is clearly a superstar. I mean, he is just a phenomenal athlete. But teams have worked him out. So when does he, he when does Seabot start time. say, you need to pass before the line? Rather than taking the line on, there's two blokes coming at you every single time. They're following you. Why is he not passing before the 100%, line? 100%, and that's coaching. That is coaching. They should be sitting pain down because he's talented as hell. He's got the biggest motor. He's tough as hell. Why isn't he getting the ball a little bit wider, hitting at the three-man ABC defender and then running at the foot and, and having support pushing into holes? Why can't he have that sort of option instead of getting the ball, playing like his, the, the big Polynesian kid, out, out, you know, just, get, just give him the ball and he'll yeah. score a try? Yeah. Don't do that, man. This kid's playing first grade. He's playing too many minutes. He needs to, I think he needs to play 30, 35 minutes quality in the middle, destructive football, have a break, and then finish the game off. Yeah. That's what he needs to do. You can't outplay, you can't, and I know playing 80 minutes, and you, you can't say to yourself, yeah, I just went balls out for 80 minutes. No, you don't. You, you, you save a little bit of petrol for the back end of the halves. He doesn't need to save petrol if he's playing 80 minutes all the time. It should be like, I'll give you 30, 35 minutes. Imagine the fucking work he's going to do. Yeah. If he's giving you like 25 tackles and 10 hit-ups or 12 hit-ups every half, he'd probably give you 15 quality ones, but he needs the right sort of cattle around him. It's frustrating watching, watching him because I know he's such a tough kid. He doesn't fear anything. But for fuck's sake, do you want to run him into the ground? Get Lodge to push up with him. Get your offering, uh, offering our way in. I mean, I know Fafita's out, but like, you've got these young, young kids around him. Make him a better footballer. Why are you fucking not coaching this kid? I'm well, not sure. They're, well, I mean, they're, they're playing the Titans. Because look so. at Newcastle, went straight through their ruck. They just went straight through their ruck, every single ruck, until they went down to their red zone, then they started putting plays on. But by the 60th minute, they were burnt. They'll beat the Titans. Eels are playing against the Raiders. That's probably – actually, that's probably the match of the round. That's mm. – uh, Eel, oh, I don't know. Eels – it was a hard game last week. They got bashed. Yeah, Raiders need to win. Man. Raiders, Raiders do need to win. I think, I think mentally uh, Sticky will get them up. I reckon they would have had a bit of a relaxed week this week, get, get mentally prepared, get ready for Parramatta to just send a message out to everybody. They need to win. They need to win because Parramatta's, they're there. They will mm. be there. They'll, 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 they'll be there at the end of the year, and I think they'll be on a little bit of a – I don't know. I just don't think, in, I don't think they'll bounce back. I think Canberra will have too much for them. Sharks have bounced back. I think the Sharks will win. They're playing against Manly. I think Manly, only because Tom Trebojevic, Dylan Walker, and a couple other people are. Out. How tough is that Manly side? Honestly, I mean, they've got some resilience, mate. They just keep coming at yeah. you, and the amount of injuries they had—that that was actually a really, really impressive win on the yeah. weekend. I, I didn't think they'll win. Did nah. you? Back, did we back Canberra? Uh, we both back Canberra. Yeah, yeah. and that, I think I think most punters would have. Yeah, like if you know a little bit about footy, like, yeah, Canberra's going to go. You know, going to win. 
Nah, man. Can't, fucking Manly beat them. I, mate, I did this last year. I, I just kept waiting for Manly to fall over. Yeah, they don't. And they just don't. Mm. You know, they just keep coming. Sorry, Boyevich. Uh, how much of a loss is he? Mate, he is such a – like, I just feel so sorry for him. And I feel sorry for, for people watching the game too because he's such a good player. And for him Franchise to be so re, so, like, so injury prone, it's just mm. awful. You want to watch blokes like yeah. him and Tedesco every week. I haven't, really, I haven't really gone through his injury list, but it's, 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 it's up there. Yeah, oh yeah. For a young kid, I think yeah. he's 23 years old, maybe not even, and he's achieved the highest, the highest honours and he deserves it. But I want to see him play. He's such a good kid, man. He's a superstar, man. Yeah. He's a superstar. And the NRL want to see him play. And everyone wants to see him play. But please so please get healthy. I, I talked to him during the week. He's got to look after your body, man. Please get your body right so you can finish the year off. You know, play Origin and all these sort of things and tests and everything like that and, and, and semifinals. Because I want to see him play, man. I'm a fan. I'm a massive fan. If I ran that fast, I'd probably pull a hammy too. I'll never know, though. Needs a sprint coach. Johnny Steph needs to come and teach him how to run. I love Johnny Steph. Uh, Canterbury versus the Tigers. Oh, do you know what? I'm I'm not convinced the Tigers will win this game. What? Yep. There you go. You heard it here first. I might change <laughs> my mind in a second, but what I gives you think, that inkling? Come on, man. I I don't think that they have been going that badly. I think that that they compete. You know, like if you oh, look they're at, always going to compete. They're competing. Man. They're always you know? going to compete. That jersey makes them compete. You got two sides in in the Bulldogs and the Tigers. Mm. They're two ugly sides. They both yeah. they're, they're wrestle sides. They're, they're they're just they're gritty. There's no Harry Grant. That's my boy. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. And I think Madge looked like a bit of a genius with the the Benji sort of thing. And Brooks played some really good football. Their forwards dominated. You know the Cowboys. They're not. They're not. They're not awful. Pretty yeah. awful. Well, they are now, but I mean, at that stage, I thought they would have put in, put in a good fight. That you know first I mean? half from the Cowboys was diabolically. Oh, but diabolical I mean, I think the word. Tigers have got they got they're too big and strong. They got some really good back rowers, some real hard head front rowers. Their bench is strong, and their outside backs are good. I think. I think when I look at the Bulldogs now, I'm like, okay, well, obviously you've got a lot of fight in, you've got a lot of determination, but they're just not good enough. Well, all right. Well, let's go through our tips. Um, last week. I think I got one more than you because you backed against East again. It's just yeah. phenomenal that you did that. I'm trying to get you a head start. I've had a fair, fair right. head start. I got, I'm going. You this go. is my tips. Panthers, Storm, Roosters, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Knights, Broncos, Raiders, Sharks, Tigers. All right. Bang. Eight from eight. I'm tempted to go south. <laughs> go on, do it. Yeah, I want to start, start it off good. I want to get going, one up. I want to get one up I'm tomorrow. Going, I'm going south. Good. I'm going south, Storm, Dragons. Nah, not really. Uh, <laughs> Knights, Broncos. I'm going to go I'm going to go with Form and pick the Eels. I'm going to go. Those two games are hard, man. I'm manly. I'm, do you know what? No, I'm going to the Sharks. Think of the injuries. And then Tigers. That's right. So, at least we can get on, <laughs> start talking shit from Thursday when I win. Yeah, that's the one game I don't know. I'll probably change my There's mind. There's three games. I think it's too the, late. The Penrith, Penrith and South, and the Canberra Para, and the Manly. Who's Manly playing? Manly are playing. Manly Cronulla. Yeah, they're they're the ones I'm tossing up. If Wayne Bennett was on social media, I would tell your surrogate father that you just backed against him, and then I'd be. He his will favorite, never know the take with Ian. Never Byrne. know. 
<laughs> there are ballads, there are poems, there are tales. Nothing can compare with a Willie Mason story around rugby league greatness. William Wagtails, let's call it that. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see you wag your yeah. tail. You've got um, a good one for us yeah, today, Will. Yeah, it is. I only, I, like, obviously I get put straight on um, straight on this and we, we have a couple of beers like every night and it's just like, okay, well, come up with it, come up with a story. And I was 17 weeks into this kind of stuff and I'm still going. So um, I just remembered this the other night. I was like, fuck, what am I going to think of? What, what, what sort of story? So anyway, I'm not going to tell you what year. We're in the south of France. Um, and so Wayne Bennett's the coach and he's going, oh, Chateau, Chateau in, uh, in French is castle. So Wayne's like, oh, okay, hey boys, we've got to go to a castle. You know, we've got to go to, we're going to a castle. He thought it was a fucking, a big medieval castle in the south of France. <laughs> um, so we get on the bus in the morning. We're like, oh fuck, it's a, it's a day before, it's a day before a test. So mind you, a couple of years before that when we've been touring, they never, they never classed a test against uh, the Frenchies or any other sort of lower tier team as a test, which sucked because on our resume, like some of these guys now, they're sort of playing against Scotland and all these lower tier, lower tier countries. They get, they get counted as a test. So if I played two tests against Scotland, I would not count that, that as a test if I was a player right now because they never, they never used to, so just fucking relax. You never played a test unless you played against New Zealand or England or Tonga pretty much now. Anyway, so we're going out there. We're on the bus. We're like, Where, where's Wayne? I mean, usually we'd go, he would usually come on these, um, on these little road trips. He's the one who organized it. Hey, go to a castle. Day before the test, anything like that. Um, mind you, the, day, the, game bef- the year before, we, the Frenchies didn't beat us, but they fucking like, were physical as hell. And we, took, we didn't really take it that serious. They are the filthiest playing football against oh, France. Oh, mate. They are just horrific. So we made sure that, off limits. So we made sure that next year we're going to beat the brakes out of them and sort of send a message and like, oh, no, fuck you, because we are mucking around the year before because they don't really want us to go out there and fucking smash a tier two team by 60 because it doesn't look good for, for international, international rugby, league. rugby league, all that sort of shit anyway. So, so I'm not sure what year it is. Um, we go out to this chateau and it's a fucking winery. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so you've got a whole, you've got pretty much half, I mean, I reckon probably 15, 15, nearly 20 out of a 30 man squad. Out at a chateau, which and I think mo- most of us were playing. Is this the day before a test? Day before a test, but it's against France, so it doesn't count. Yeah, so it's not. We didn't really take it that serious, but you don't get on the piss before you, you know. So anyway, everybody starts getting on the piss because the bloke's coming around with the with the the, the whatever you got that big fucking the magnums. Yeah, whatever it is, and, and you're spraying it and putting it in everyone's mouth, so everyone starts getting fucking real wild. Half the team's pissed, and then. It was the crazy no one, no one wanted to leave. We're like, well, where's Wayne? Fuck it. So the whole team's pissed. He was in a vat of red wine. Just he did. <laughs> Wayne doesn't nibbling. drink. He doesn't do anything. So we've gone, okay, well, it's a day. It's, oh, if it was, you'd never do it before a test or anything like that. But, well, you know, who cares? There's a couple of wines, but it just it got carried. Some blokes got carried, fucking nearly carried out of the joint. It was fucking wild. Anyway. So they've named the 17 and one of these guys got named 18th man, a really close friend. And at that time, uh, one of the senior players pulled out 
Because he's like, fuck, fuck, France. I'm, I'm not playing. Still pissed, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You made, you made that decision. Oh, yeah, my hamstring's a bit tight. So Wayne's, so Wayne's gone. All right. 18th man gets put into the side. <laughs> and he's had to. He's got home. He didn't even know. So most we all had to play. So we were in home. We were in bed by like 10, 11 o'clock that night. Anyway, um, so it's about ten of us. And then so he didn't. He wasn't in that. He wasn't in the team. So he got, he got the call and he's already out. And he's like, "Fuck it, I'm still staying out." It's his first test of rugby league for Australia. <laughs> didn't care. Bang. And I think I'm not sure. It's not like he didn't care. He got the he got the phone call real late. It's too late by that time. Too late at that time. Yeah. Got home, I think about four or five. We had to play at like one. And then he's gone, mate. He goes, mate, I'm fucked, bro. I said, just deal with it, man. Just got to get out there. He was half cut, playing in the middle, playing on the edge, playing everywhere. He played a heap of minutes. Like it was ridiculous. I said, that's your first test, man. And you're fucking, <laughs> we talk now, we just, we laugh our asses off. I said, yeah, the first test you played, you were fucking drunk for what'd a show. You, and what'd you, what'd you win by? We yeah we put a uh, we put a performance on we smacked the shit out of him. Go good. France, yeah. Viva France, Viva la France. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to us uh, from New Zealand, Turkey, Ecuador, and Paraguay. Yeah, where are we going? What's, what's happening? Yeah, well, we we've dropped out of the charts. So what, in Paraguay? In all of those places, wow. actually. It's uh, well, not, not New Zealand, Australia. We still go right there. But Ecuador, if you're in Turkey, Ecuador, or Paraguay, please rate and Tune view in, us. please. <laughs> rate and view us, because if we're going to do the derelicts tour of the world, yeah. we need you to support us. So get on iTunes, get on Spotify. What else? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Rate us, review us. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate your feedback too, guys. So... Don't think that we don't read them. I mean, I do all the time. I read all your comments. I read all your negative comments. I really, really get offended by it. There hasn't been too many negative comments, no, which is nice. Everybody has got some really good comments. Yeah, pretty positive. They, they want some. They want some. Just some real talk because that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna get here. I genuinely, I've got very little to do in my life. I'm, I live a very, very boring life, and I would love. To engage with people on Instagram and Facebook pages. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't. I don't. I love it. I love social media. <laughs> the it's take my life. Willie Mason, the Twitter. Mason's the Twitter. take on Twitter. Yeah, the take with Willie Mason on uh, on Instagram. So just direct messages. And obviously, with with all the competition that we're running with the with all the betting with Neds, you know, you got to direct messages. Send us a video of your club. I know, obviously, everybody's not going back to your local clubs and and everything like that. But you know, that doesn't really matter to us because if you send something through. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put you in that running. Someone just sent me a message then. Already, I think it's unrelated. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be following Willie Moore and Moore. Oh, Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie at the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 